Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is going to be such a great show. And this is something that is near and dear to, yes, me. And I have to say, I get more comments around this than probably 95% of what is going on in the world right now. And what am I really talking about? I'm talking about, yeah, you're going to hear it out of my mouth. It's called that middle age and Ooh, menopause, perimenopause, how do we handle it? How do we like continue to elevate ourselves to say that we are embracing this moment in time? And I have somebody here with me that is going to light up the airwaves. This is Jalinda Johnson. She's an award-winning certified life and holistic health coach who specializes in burnout and perimenopause. And yes, you're going to be like burnout and perimenopause. Okay. Uh, how do they relate? Well, we're going to go into that. She's obsessed with helping change makers and revolutionaries get back their spark. Another very similar thing to me, right? Ladies, we know relaunch spark your heart. This is it. And she wants to set the world on fire. You're going to say, Hillary, you know, what's going on? Are you talking about you? And I'm like, yes. I am talking about somebody near and dear to my heart. She wants to change the narrative around perimenopause and give attention to the voices that are typically left out of the conversations, in, including BIPOC and LBG, L, sorry, LGB, I always do that, LGBTQIA+. And really, it's about this, this moment of when is midlife? When should we be discussing this? And you're not gonna believe this, you can never discuss this too soon. Jalinda's originally from Detroit, Michigan, but she earned her BA from Columbia University in New York City and completed her master's of science in education as part of the NYC Teaching Fellows Program at Pace. And here's the thing, she has been living for the last 15 years in Barcelona. I mean, how cool is that? And I told her my son, Derek, studied in Barcelona. And so I had the privilege of going there a few times within like an 18 month period because a trip ended up causing me to go there outside of Derek. And then I got to see him a couple of times. So, I love where you currently are right now and only wish that we had done this in person. You're listening to the Relaunch Podcast, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, best selling author, speaker, and transformational coach, widely recognized in the worlds of neuropsychology and business launches, which cultivated the one and only 3HQ method helping midlife women, yep, that's me too, rebuild a life of purpose, possibility, and inspiring business ventures. Each week, we'll be diving into the stories that brought upon the most inspirational relaunches while sharing the methods and the secrets that they learned along the way so that you too can have not just an ordinary relaunch, but an extraordinary relaunch.
So Jolinda, welcome to the relaunch show. And I'm excited about all of the pertinent, absolutely informative information that you're going to be sharing today. Well, thank you so much for having me, Hillary. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Well, it is so cool. And I love that you are mixing burnout and perimenopause. And I want to talk about that and how you came up with those two massively important topics to people like moi. But I also want to hear how did your, how, you know, what was this relaunch that caused your life to completely change? and gives you the outcome of where you are right now, sitting in Barcelona, Spain. Oh, goodness. I can only choose one. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good point. There are so many launches that we go through, but, but give us the one that's the most impactful and the one that the audience are going to be like at the edge of their chairs saying, are you kidding me right now? Hmm. Well, I know that you wanted to focus on how I went from being a fertility coach to how I ended up specializing in burnout and perimenopause. So I could focus on that one if you like. You know what, let's, that sounds like a good one. I think it's very relevant to everyone listening. Yeah, so when I uh, finished my life coach certification in 2017, I already had my holistic health coach certification. And that at the time I thought that I wanted to help women primarily heal their relationship around food. I wasn't ready to be an entrepreneur yet. I was still very much in the mindset of you study, you get the certification, and then some magic person hires you. (laughs) I didn't realize that. I love the idea of that magic person hiring you. If I do, it's like field of dreams. If I do the work, somebody's going to want me, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a Virgo. I'm a former teacher. I was a teacher for 10 years. So I just, it took me a while to get into the, the entrepreneurial mindset. But in 2017, after doing my life coach certification, I had done a lot of that inner work that's necessary. I had also um, had my son two years prior in a foreign country, Spain, where I still live now, but that definitely got me back in touch with my power. I had been married to someone who really enjoyed convincing me that I couldn't do as much as I, as I wanted. Um, that I needed him to help figure everything out. And it was really liberating to realize that, no, I was basically alone with our son for the first year and figuring everything out on my own. And anyone who's had a child knows that that's a whole big terrain to navigate. (laughs) It it sure is. Having three of my own, I get that. And I have twins. So yes, it is. And it continues. You know, this business of once you become an empty nester, it all is, you know, it's so much easier. Ha! I'm not sure I believe that one. That's a different show. Oh, that's a a different show. And I've I've taught workshops on being an empty nester, even though I have not reached that yet. But yeah, um, it's it's definitely a part of a big part of midlife. And so doing that all in my second language as well, I learned a lot about myself and I thought, well, if I can do this, I definitely can summon up the courage and the confidence I need to start my own business. So I got my life coach certification. I got, well, it wasn't a month later that I got divorced. It was a year later, but I said I wanted to separate in that same year. I felt like I jumped off a cliff but I also knew that I was pursuing my soul's calling. Mm. And 
at the time, that was to help women maximize their chances of conception through diet, lifestyle, and mindset. And once I got into that world, I realized that I was very good at, at, at helping women become pregnant. I also was at the beginning of realizing that I can channel and, and channel spirit babies, which is a gift that I, I continue to access, although it's not part of my business now. And I really enjoyed it, but I didn't like being in the world of infertility for marketing purposes. I didn't like saying, work with me and I'll make all of your dreams come true. I also didn't like feeling as though motherhood was the be all and end all of womanhood, because for me, there are many ways to be a woman and um, it, it doesn't necessarily involve pregnancy. So I realized that my ideal client was changing. And so then I said, well, this is, this, this needs to go, even though my ego wanted to hold on to it because I was doing well. And, but my intuition was saying time to pack up and pivot. <laughs> like, okay, women's health coach, then I'll broaden, I'll, I'll widen the net. And in doing so, I realized that I really enjoyed working with women who were in their 40s, particularly 50, like around 50, that for me is a magical age. And to work with that age, you really have to know about perimenopause. So we're talking about three years ago that I really started looking into perimenopause uh, from a professional perspective. Mm -hmm. I first learned about it in my early 30s. Then I had to start applying that information to my clients. I also noticed that within the perimenopausal symptoms, there was a lot of stress. <laughs> okay, so we got we to we hold on right now because you're going, I mean, there's been so much that you just unpacked. And before, <laughs> we, dive, before we dive into that, I want to go back to your intuition. You, you know, you say that you can channel, there's, there's a lot there. And mm -hmm. how, how did you first, because that's very higher self, that's very much mm -hmm. you know, trying to tap into a resource that is within you. Help us, mm -hmm. how did you start to really leverage your intuition and quite truthfully build that muscle out in terms mm -hmm. of your own self to help you see that, hey, I'm not supposed to be doing all these other things. I need to be doing my, my life's passion and purpose. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the key to anyone who's interested in working with their intuition is to uh, reconnect the mind and the body, which so many of us have been encouraged to live from, you know, the neck up and ignore everything from the neck down, especially as women were taught to change our bodies, but never to support our bodies, never to work with our bodies. And that is a huge part of receiving that information to trust the signals that your body is sending. But in order to even get to that point, you need to create a space for your body to be still, to feel safe. And so many of us are going from one thing to the next, you know, in the, in the creation cycle of be, do, have, so many of us are caught in do, have, do, have, do, have because we feel so uncomfortable in the stillness, in the being. And that's the void. You know, going back to pregnancy, you need a void for that embryo, you know, to grow. And when everything is so crowded with 
you know, when your attention is being pulled in a million different directions, you can't receive those messages from the higher self. And if you and I do, think there's, but there's also something in what you said really resonated. I went to see Jay Shetty uh, a mm-hmm. couple of days ago, and one of the things that he was talking about is loneliness has never been in a higher state, but Absolutely. solitude is something that we fear being. <laughs> being in a solitude place, being alone. And he was trying to differentiate the fact that, you know, being alone should be something that empowers us being within ourselves. And I really like that. Um, it was, it was an interesting thought process for me to go through because we do have a tendency to overbook ourselves during the day we go, 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 and we don't give ourselves the chance to pause and to have, to have that moment to reflect. And when you're, when you're talking about this, how would you, how would you define intuition? What it would, so people listening out there, because so many women have been, you know, pushing down, not only talking about your, you know, the body, but also Mm -hmm. talking about like something that is innate to us that we have, that we should be really harnessing. I mean, this is one of my biggest things with people is I'm like, let me take where you are with your intuition and let's a hundred exit because it is the most powerful source. But how do you define intuition? I define it. um, There's, there's an excellent book called the intuitive way by Penny Pierce. And I really like her definition, which is direct knowing it's direct knowing based on your body signals, based on messages from your higher self. It's not logical thinking, so it's it, it might not make sense, but it feels right. And that's something that I started living by several years ago. And if it feels right in my body, even if it doesn't make sense in my mind, I go with it. If, if I sense that feeling of expansion, I know that it's a yes. Even if I don't know why or how, I, 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 I surrender that. I surrender the why and the how. I start following the energy and it, it and never lets me down. That's really true. It is an energy. And when you think about intu- intuition and you're thinking about, you know, you've got intuition that some people have a knowing sense. Some people have, you know, in the head that knowing, I just know. Some people have the, oh, I just feel it. I feel it. I feel it. And some people have the sense. And I always think about the feeling of the heart. The feeling is is there. A lot of people have it in the heart. Some people have it in the gut, right? It was just a gut sense. And then the the overall, it was a sense that I had. I get when I know something is like I am on fire with like this is a heightened level of my intuition. I know it because I get a tingling sense that just shoots throughout my body all yeah. the way down to my toes. Where do you, Absolutely. when you know you're on with your intuition, where do you get it? Where do you feel it? My heart space. Uh, there's a lot of energy in my heart space. Um, and I, I would say that when, when something is wrong, I feel a very tight contraction in my chest and and my gut. So I I had uh, a really difficult conversation with um, 
my partner on Sunday and I, my logical mind was thinking, you know, just give it, give it, uh, give it space. Maybe even my ego mind was saying, maybe this isn't the relationship for you. <laughs> you know? Maybe you should just walk away. And my whole body, you just thinking of me, you know, maybe this isn't the relationship for you. My whole body was like, ah, are you sure about that? Tensed up. And as soon as we came back to the table and started talking, everything relaxed. As soon as I heard his voice, everything relaxed. Now, when I think about situations in the past, when something has been wrong, my whole body is tensed up. And even when my mind was saying, you should, you should be enjoying this. You should, uh, you're good at this. You should be happy. But the body always knows. And that's why it's so important if you want to develop your intuition, you have to rebuild that trust in, in your body because it doesn't lie. Oh, that is so true. You have to first, you know, rebuild the trust, but also by starting with small incremental steps to it, right? People have maybe had a bad relationship with their intuition. Maybe they thought it was wrong. Maybe they, they, oh, I listened to my intuition and you know, this happened. Well, a lot of times I always say, you know, it's not the intuition that was wrong. It was your interpretation of what happened, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so I do find it fascinating. We have to take a quick break right now, but when we come back, we are going to further discuss this topic, but also we are going to be jumping in, I mean, literally into perimenopause, what this means, how you're going to be able to help yourself, because I think that that is one of the biggest things. We look elsewhere, help yourself. So everyone stay tuned. And when we come back, we will jump right in to that. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. So excited to be back. I've got Jolinda Johnson with me and we are about to dive into burnout and perimenopause. And you might be like, say what? Like, how do those relate? Well, we've been leaning into, if you have, if you didn't hear the last segment, you have to go back, intuition, building up your intuition and that direct knowing, which is what the intuition is all about. And it was in the Intuitive Way book that Jolinda describes it from. And Jolinda, so I am fascinated and I'm sure other people are trying to figure out how are you combining burnout and helping people with burnout and perimenopause. Tell us about how those two interrelate and mm -hmm. what you are doing to help people. So 
I started noticing going back to when I uh, said that I, I cast a wider net and started focusing on a different type of client. I started noticing that all of my clients had a similar set of symptoms related to chronic stress. So for me, burnout, even though the World Health Organization says that we should only use it in an occupational context, in, in other words, when we're talking about work, for me, burnout is chronic stress without recovery. So a lot of us, especially my clients who are high achievers, reach midlife, not even realizing how stressed they are because chronic stress has become the baseline for a lot of us. I was going to say, first off, what, how are you defining midlife? I like to start midlife at 40, 40 to 65, but some people started at 35. Perimenopause technically starts at 35 with the decline in progesterone. But I think one of the things that we need to remember is that we're at very different points in our lives. Some of us, for me, for example, I have an eight-year-old son. I'll be 41 this year. And I find myself at this interesting intersection. I have a new partner. We could have Technically, you know, we could have a baby, but hmm, I really enjoy being the mother of an older child. <laughs> so, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a woman know. that I was. I'm a woman that got remarried, and there was a blip in the radar where we're like, "Would we want to have a baby?" And I swear to God. I think it was the next day, my husband, now he's my husband, he went in and got a vasectomy. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. I think that that was probably the smartest thing he ever did, or we would have a, right now we'd have about a, a seven or eight year old running around as well. So yeah. I, I, I get that. It but some of us, choice. You know, some of us at this age are still wanting to have our first. Mm -hmm. And some of us, you know, even at, at 45, I had a client who chose to have a baby through a double donor, an egg donor and a sperm donor, mm. because that's how loudly she heard the call to become a mother. Totally. I have clients so, that, are, that are going through this right now and they froze yeah. their eggs. And my sister-in-law had twins at 46. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, definitely, um, it can be Depending on, on your relationship with, with motherhood, I think that that changes things between the years of 40 and 50. But for me personally, I am definitely in a time where I like focusing on myself. I mean, the, the energy of perimenopause is really different from that of, you know, if you think of the archetypes, uh, maiden, mother, crone, there's a fourth one between mother and crone, which is the sorceress. And that's really the energy of perimenopause because we're taking all of these things that we've learned and we're we're not quite to the crone era, but we're reclaiming a lot of the energy that we've given out. And that's, I'm not trying to put a happy face on the perimenopause symptoms that for a lot of us are very disruptive especially to, Let, let's uh, talk you know, about in, that. in a professional I, I really, context. I think it's so important for people that are listening to understand yeah. perimenopause, menopause. Tell us the difference. Yeah. Perimenopause is the lead up. So it's the 10 
to on average 10 years uh, of lead up to menopause, which is your final bleed. So when we talk about perimenopause, if you are in your 40s, since the average age of menopause is 51, you're okay, typically in perimenopause. Average age is 51, but it goes up to what? Yeah. So early menopause is 40 to 45. Yep. But average menopause is 45 to 55. <laughs> okay. So you... <laughs> Please tell me, for God's sake, I'm almost there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, enough, enough already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, but I, I have people who say, I just turned 50. Do you think I could be in perimenopause? It's like, yeah, it probably started about 10 years ago. But the thing is that a lot of us are just taught about uh, hot flashes mm -hmm. and our period stopping and that's about it and we're not taught about how the first sign for example is um, so there are four major stages in the first stage if you are tracking your cycle you'll notice that it shortens by two days and that's not usually something that causes any alarm because like oh i just have a shorter cycle it's it's consistently shorter okay um, and that's the first sign that things are changing. And that, that sounds like a heck of a good stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, well, oh it's God. interesting because the menstrual cycle in itself is changing a little bit. But around the same time, a lot of uh, people notice changes to their mood. Mm. So, and going back to how this relates to stress, when we have chronically high cortisol levels cortisol is the Hold main on, but before hormone. we go before we go into that i want to hit those yes. because this, <laughs> okay. is, this is this is what happens okay. so excited about all these different things it was yeah. tracking okay. your cycle shortened by two days what's the second yeah so the second is when estrogen starts surging uh -huh. and that's when you'll notice uh worse pms worse emotional and physical symptoms of pms so more mood swings things like sore breasts, water retention, cramping, if that's whatever you have experienced in your 30s, it will tend to ramp up in your 40s. So this is why it's important. Those that are li listening to this in their 30s are like, really? This is just, yeah. and then those that are, are now in their 50s and they're like, been there, done that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what is, what's stage three? So stage three is when estrogen is fluctuating. So throughout the, all of the stages, progesterone is declining, but estrogen is uh, is the variable. So you go from estrogen surging because it's trying to basically get those last follicles to mature and the eggs to, to, to release, but then it starts fluctuating. So you'll have highs and lows. So that's when your cycle can become really erratic. So one cycle will be uh, 19 days, then a cycle will be 30 days, then a cycle will be as, as short as 12. Where's all this coming? I, I don't know when my period's coming. Uh, it used to be reliable. I have no idea. Surprise. And also really heavy periods, especially if you have fibroids that a lot of us have fibroids. We don't even realize that we have fibroids, but that's when, because fibroids um, get larger with increased estrogen, they can become even more problematic during perimenopause. And then estrogen eventually declines 
Okay, so this is now step four. This yeah. is when it declines. Right. Not and so when it's, just, it's just plummeting. It's it's declining, yes. That's when your periods will become further and further apart. So more than 60 days from one cycle to the next. You could go six months, eight months. But until you cross that 12-month mark, you can't say that you're officially postmenopausal. No, that's um, just terrible to hear. <laughs> but you know, the it it depends on you know. So this is the low estrogen phase, and this is where people will notice things like everything drying up, so dry skin, dry eyes, itchy ears, recurring UTIs, the need to get up three or four times a night because you need to go to the bathroom, stress incontinence a lot of things that people don't even realize um, are associated with uh, estrogen in the brain. So the brain fog, the short-term memory, the cognitive decline, the, uh, what was that thing? Pass me that thing that I used to write. Oh, write a pen, <laughs> you know, like these simple words that we should not be grasping for, but we just can't like that thing in a jig. Yeah. You find yourself saying that. So, Jolinda, um, isn't it great <laughs> being a woman? I mean, I'm listening to all this and I'm like, Oh, yes. Power right there. I'm like, oh, what can, is there, what, what supplements do you recommend during this time that you're like, these are absolutely the ones that you need to be taking? Well, I think supplements are different for, for everyone. I, 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 I think a lot of it depends on the, the severity of your symptoms and also your access to uh, to care, and not all of us um, have uh, a functional physician uh, available. Um, not all of us can work with a naturopath. Some of us, um, you know, mood is a big thing. I'm actually giving a talk at the end of the month about perimenopause and mental health because a lot of us notice changes to our mood even years before we notice major changes to our cycle. And we feel like I'm losing my mind, I'm coming undone, but really what it is, is we might need to consider medication for the first time or going back on medication. I bring this up because I am one of these people who didn't take medication for 12 years. I took an antidepressant in my twenties and then I stopped. And uh, two years ago, I noticed that things were getting a lot more difficult, even though I was doing the same thing, supporting myself with diet, supporting myself with lifestyle. Mm. Um, I'm a life coach, so I know how important it is to you know, meditate, all the things that, you know, the mindfulness, but it was becoming so difficult just to get to baseline every day. And I, I realized that a good day was how have I successfully beat off or you know the, the intrusive thoughts like have I been able to successfully keep those at bay mm-hmm. as opposed to am I just not having them and that was when I was like I'm having to I, I, I why am I why am I choosing to struggle and that's something that a lot of us in midlife have to have to reckon with like I no longer need to prove myself through my struggle I no longer have to prove myself through how much I can handle on my own. This is my time to 
get support. So that might be in the form of menopause hormone therapy. It might be in the form of medication. It might be in the form of cognitive behavioral therapy. It might be in the form of supplements. Like, you know, I mean, I basic ones that I take, COQ10, uh, Respiratrol. I do not do well on Vitex, also known as Chase Berry, but that's a great one for- I um, actually recently have started taking that. And okay. one of the things that I noticed that, I, you know, and I'm I'm into mind- everything. I mean, I'm like the biggest, you know, I do all of it and I couldn't control my massive hot flashes and things like that. So I started, and I'm very much a homeopath in terms of, Mm -hmm. I have something called, I I might be butchering the name, but Leiden factor five. And it means Mm -hmm. basically I get blood clots, so I can't take hormones. And so I try a lot of the homeopathic. And I know that one of the ones that I have sworn by, I've recommended mm-hmm. it in time because it did, again, personal experience. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any idea. I know that yeah, it worked yeah. for me was um, Dr. Northrup Amata. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christine, mm-hmm. yeah. Christine is like, she, I think she wrote the, yeah. it looks like the, the Bible. Wisdom, it's like, the you wisdom know, of menopause. Yeah. yeah. And it's this huge <laughs> book, everyone. It's like, you know, I thought, oh, I need Great to get reference. Yeah, it yeah. showed up and it looked like my grandfather's orthopedic dictionary when I got it. I'm like, oh, you know, war and peace times five. I'm like, oh my God, that is so long. But I started taking these drops. I tried the the pill form and I didn't like it. But the drops I take morning and night and then I added Vitex. And yeah. I mean, I'm knocking on wood right now. I won't do it too loud or Josh, our, our audio guy will kill me because it'll be too loud. But it yeah. is a lifesaver to me. I literally, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so pleased with the results. It takes time. It took me six weeks. And if I ever run out, I immediately realize why I'm taking it. So I think that there are so many, you have to, it's a, it's a trial and error, right? Um, Now I really want to ask you, so something that I find interesting and for people that are you know going through it and as you were starting to say there's a lot of stress around it and again the averages my goodness you know i have always been like you know an overachiever but this is ridiculous i'm like at the end of the spectrum and i'm still going strong you know i'm like (laughs) my poor husband's like is this ever gonna end i'm like honey they're saying (laughs) and it doesn't and here we are again um just recently though i have to say um they did find something a somewhat of a, a mass and we've been doing biopsies and they've recommended uh hysterectomy we're in the mm-hmm. process of, you know, I've, I've only talked to one doctor, I'm talking to another doctor right now. But mm-hmm. what is your thought on a lot of people? You know, we've got Angelina Jolie, who when she found out she had the um, DNA, the cell of breast cancer, or was it ovarian? It might have been something else, but she, no, it was breast cancer. She took, you know, she went and mm-hmm. had, um, um, you know, total mastectomy, a double. What do you recommend yeah, yeah. in terms what's happening around? Because it seems like everybody I talk to now that I'm opening up, you know, hey, this is what's going on with me. They're saying, well, yeah, I had one. I've already had one. Oh, I had one. What, what's mm-hmm. your thought around that? Or do you have any <laughs> thoughts around that? A hysterectomy. Yeah. Like, you know, this whole yeah. idea and what and what that really can mean for people. Well, I think that there are a lot of 
different options available now aside from a total hysterectomy. Um, I mean, a total hysterectomy also involves uh, the removal of, of the ovaries, which is an oophorectomy. And I've, I've been shocked talking to women who have had a total hysterectomy with their ovaries removed as well and not been offered hormonal therapy afterwards. Um, because that, once you have your ovaries removed, you go right into menopause. It's, you know, you don't have the, the 10 year transition. It's a 24 hour, bam, you're in menopause um, with all of the severe symptoms. So that's concerning, but also we know that when you remove the uterus, even when you leave the ovaries, you're, you're probably going to notice difference in, for example, orgasm, incontinence, these things, it, it's more than just a bag. You know, it used to be thought of, oh, just take it out. It's not, it, you don't want to have kids, just take it out. But we know that it's actually connected to a lot more in the body now and the support of the pelvic floor. So I always advocate for keeping as much as you can, but of course, everyone has the different set of circumstances. And so, you know, but in a, you know, uh, there's that, a that lot. There's a lot opinion. always to unpack, but we have to take another quick break. And I know we've been, you know, kind of skirting the issue of stress <laughs> and burnout, yeah. but I promise everyone we are going there. We are going to take this to that next level. So everyone stay tuned. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by my very own Labor of Love, my most recent book, Relaunch. This book is a collection of my stories, other stories, and is a motivational guide to living a new 3HQ lifestyle, sparking your heart to ignite your life. It's available for purchase via Amazon. Get ready to try on the 3HQ method that I've been using for years throughout my entire life, reaching the next level in all areas, both professionally and personally. Get your copy today at www.therelaunchbook.com. Welcome back. And I have Jolinda Johnson. We have been talking all things perimenopause, going into menopause. And on the break, Jolinda says, you know, and some people don't have hot flashes leaning up and then they get 10 years of them once you're done. I'm like, oh, thank God, that's not going to be me. <laughs> so we are back. And I was about to, I was thinking of the conversation around stress. And I started to think about burnout. And I was going to say the BO, we're going to be going into BO. And I'm like, no, we're not going into BO. We're going into burnout. <laughs> we're going to understand what is it, how to avoid it, what you can do. So this is a, a very lively conversation that we're having. And Jolinda, <laughs> thank you again for giving us, you know, so much of these, you know, we go through it. A lot of times people are in it right now and we just don't know. And you got to know what you don't know. And so help me understand and everyone listening, how how is stress leading to burnout? And I do love what you said about burnout is chronic stress without recovery, mm -hmm. chronic stress without recovery. And you said people think of burnout in the office work, yeah. but yeah. you're saying, hold on, hold on, everyone. I got something more to say. So let's hear it. Yeah. Well, I think the, the thing about burnout is a lot of us, if we are, so first of all, if we're happy, especially talking to the entrepreneurs out there, you know, the biggest 
predictor of burnout among entrepreneurs is obsessive passion and fixed mindset. So um, I'll do anything to make this work and I have to make this work. And the lines get blurred really fast. And I always like to think of, you know, the, there's a, a fable about a little girl with red shoes who, you know, she's told that she needs to take off the red shoes. She doesn't want to. And eventually the red shoes have a life of their own and they consume her. And, you know, the thing that she wants love is the thing that destroys her, basically. And a lot of us with our businesses, we love them so much. And also our sense of self-worth, if we haven't done that work, <laughs> is very much tied to our productivity. And we don't realize when we need to say enough. Uh, we don't realize when we need to say, my body needs rest. I mean, even I, you know, I'm someone who specializes in burnout. And this is the first year in my, this is in the six, in the six years. Yeah. My first year in this, no, now seven seven years that I've been working for myself when I'm truly prioritizing sleep. And yes. Yeah. And you have that night of sleep. It changes everything. Yeah, it does. And, and, and the thing is, is prioritizing sleep means not working with people as many people in California, for example, because I'm no longer taking calls at 9 PM my time or not working with so many people in, in Australia because I'm not waking up at five to be on call. But these are things that I did earlier in my business when I, you know, what's your time zone? I'll adapt, I'll adapt. I'll make it work. And we get distracted when it's something that we love. We get distracted when, you know, from the, the warning signs of burnout, we get distracted when it's something that we feel so passionate about. And a lot of us have this myth in our heads that if I'm enjoying it, it's not stressful. And that's not true either. If it's a, if it's a cha- state of change, it's a state of stress for the body. A lot of us do not give our bodies enough time to adapt because we're so disconnected from our bodies. You know, So it's like the mind is the jockey and there's something called thinking brain override. So those of us who are high achievers, who are also very good storytellers, will tell ourselves a story that completely overrides our body signals. Yeah. This is, I've, I've got to get it done. There's no other option. It, only I can do it. Push, 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 push. And that's when we get in trouble. You know, I, 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 I work so hard for this. I, I love my clients. And that can all be true. But at the same time, your body needs to sleep. Your body needs to take a break. Your body needs to, you know, speaking of intuition, you're not going to have access to your intuition if you don't give yourself that white space. A lot of people see white space in our calendar, especially as entrepreneurs. And it's like, Mm. I'm failing because I'm not booked out. You want to hear something? You want to hear something funny? My first coaching consulting business, it was, it was called consulting. Then now it's called coaching was named white space Inc. INK, the white space. And that was over, that was over 20 years ago. I've been doing this that long. And it's so interesting to hear that because we have to give ourselves white space. We have to give ourselves the ability to literally erase the board and just be, and just be present. And, you know, when you talk about this, you know, this whole concept of, you know, we're going, 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 stress is chronic stress 
for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all have it. The cortisol is, we are constantly in fight, flight, fear mode, you know, freeze. Mm -hmm. We're constantly doing it. On alert. Yeah, we are. I mean, I just heard the other day that, you know, 50, 50 types of massive fears that are known now, 500 phobias. And I would even question really 500. I think like 5,000. I mean, you know, there's fear of everything, you know, and so I, I, what can people do specifically if they have started to realize, wait a second, she's talking about me? Yeah. First of all, look at your, how are you supporting your, uh, your body in terms of diet, movement, and sleep, the foundation. Start there. So how can you support your, your, your body in this, especially if you're in perimenopause? Because one of the things that's happening in perimenopause is we're losing our hormonal buffer. You know, we can't get away with as many things. And if you're in this, this stage of life, you could probably realize, oh, I can't get by on just six hours of sleep. I can't go out and drink and be okay the next day you know i can't um, isn't isn't that true because <laughs> i have over the last few weeks i've i've pushed it and challenged it again and it's so yeah, the true. resilience goes down right yeah. so are you are you eating enough protein this is a big one mm. um because protein supports muscle growth which is another thing that we're losing um, what's, the best, what's the best type of protein that you recommend? Uh, the protein that you like. So, yeah, that's I, a good I, one. I, yeah, you know, but if you if you can, uh, free range organic is always best in terms of animal products. You know, so lean chicken, turkey, fish. I I eat more fish. I'm also you know in the Mediterranean, so I eat fish. Uh, oh, you have the most, best most Mediterranean days. food there. <laughs> I tried yeah. to do a Mediterranean diet and, you know, I, although I did have an amazing salmon the other day, but I mean, nothing is like Barcelona. Nothing. Yeah. I, I, I eat fish every day of the week, but, uh, you know, low mercury fish. Also, and high that's why she looks the way she looks. Jolinda, you are glowing right now. <laughs> Literally like... You are just one beautiful woman. If you're not watching this, go check it out on YouTube, everybody. Yes. I get the the sleep. I really can respect that. I also find some people are having not as sleepful types, more restless types of nights. I find insomnia is a big thing with perimenopause as well, because when progesterone goes down, then, you know, our, our sleep tends to get. Uh, interrupted, but also that's either when cortisol is high, when our stress levels are high, that also drives down progesterone. So you get a double whammy, you know, your body's naturally producing less, but then cortisol, the, what progesterone you do have high cortisol is making that even more difficult to, to access. But we need I, do to, find, I do find for the women that are having those night flashes or those, you know, mm-hmm. flashes, night sweats, mm-hmm. night sweats, uh, you know, that woke me up. And so I'm a sound sleeper. I hit the pillow and I'm like lights out until the morning, but the sweats were causing me to wake up. And so that's why I really needed to find some solutions because those those things, you know, you can think of practical ways to lower the temperature in your bedroom, sleep without pajamas or in very light pajamas. Isn't that crazy Um, what you just said? I was always, I loved it warm and snuggly. I am now like, honey, turn that, you know, temp. He's like, yes. Cause he's like a, you know, a 
He's like a polar bear. He loves it freezing. And now I'm like, it can't be cold enough. Just bring it on. So yeah, there is something to be said there. Decrease. Taking a, a, cold, a cool shower before bed also helps. Yeah. Um, to hot, lower that hot baths. I can't, I can't do those hot baths anymore. It's too much. Yeah. But wait. Um, and then in terms of movement as yeah. well. Okay, give us give us one movement, and then I got to make sure that everyone knows where to connect with you. So, what would a movement be? What can they do? Strength training. If you're not doing strength training, then bring that into your life, because if if you are in a state of chronic stress, uh, the high impact stuff is not going to do you any favors. But strength training can be low impact and can help you to build that muscle. That will also help to regulate your estrogen levels. And since we're naturally losing muscle as we age, it can also be, you know, later on, you know, prevent falls, just give us more independence later in life. But we have to build this foundation slowly, but surely build the foundation so that when you get to, you know, 60 plus, for example, you're not thinking, oh, I think it's never too late, but it's much different if you're already 20 years into this routine and not thinking, oh my gosh, crisis, what do I do now? Um, that's a big, that's a bit, I love that tip. Like start now, start now, because you know what, you will thank yourself. How can people get in touch with you if they want to hear more about helping themselves with burnout and perimenopause? So my Instagram page, uh, coach Jolinda, I'm there every day. And my website, jolindajohnson.com. I work with individuals and I also do groups and I will have a new course coming out uh, next month called Big Bold Hormones, which is all about helping midlife women feel beautiful and empowered in their changing bodies. So I'm excited about that. That is incredible. And we'll have all of this in the show notes as well. And it's been such a pleasure having you here. And as we wrap, I want to make sure that everyone knows that there's also the power in making sure that you are with like-minded, like-energy women. And you can do that. Our relaunch retreat is coming up. Spaces are going fast. It sold out last year. It'll sell out this year. It's in beautiful Boulder, Colorado, May 18th to the 21st. And then you will you can go to the relaunch.com to go ahead and find out more about it because it all ties together. This is so important. The power of women, the power to be around the energy of us all is so critical. So again, for now, it is relaunch time. Go ahead and make a difference and make today the day that you're going to relaunch into your next best life. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thanks again. You've just heard another episode of the Relaunch Podcast. If something shared in this episode resonated with you, please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others to inspire them to take the small steps that lead to a life full of purpose and possibility. And remember, you can have immediate access to the show notes and any giveaways at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next week, now is your time to relaunch your transition into a transformation.